Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Mental Health Hour. Um, back again. What's this? Two weeks in a row. We're on a streak. <clears throat> we did one last week, didn't we? No, I was sick last week. Oh. Never mind then. Yeah, like last week and the week before I was away, so we missed a couple. Never mind then. We're back, mm. as it were. <laughs> and we're we've got a lineup planned, so we won't be taking any weeks off for the foreseeable, at least through March. We should be on here every time. Um, that being said, tonight we're revisiting one of our uh, <clears throat> most talked about topics, depression. This will be the, well, only the third show that we've done um, dedicated to this topic, but it does come up a good bit in most of most of all of the other 80 episodes we've done. Um, so it's a topic that definitely can, uh, we can probably do another 20 episodes on with no problem. So we'll just keep rolling. And it's good to uh, revisit topics anyway because things are always changing um diagnoses and, and uh um treatments what have you all that stuff uh comes into play so taking a look at it you know months down the road maybe a year reevaluating seeing what's new it's all important um level two hype train well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Ray, for the hundred bits going towards that hype train. Um, depression. I think it's pretty common enough among uh, the population of the globe that is it safe to say, uh, or is it a hot take to say that everybody is affected in some way by depression. Oh, yeah, either directly through themselves or having a loved one or friend, family member experiencing it. I'm pretty sure that everybody knows somebody who's battled with it. Well, Gemma, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> that's actually going to be a part of uh, tonight's look at depression. Um, we've covered a lot of... <clears throat> So far, we've covered a lot of diagnosing depression or, or um, symptoms and, and um, treatments uh, and, and living, as the title says, living with it um, yourself. But you could also, as Gemma was just so keenly, almost futuristically seeing uh, that we can live with it through our loved ones as well. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe they're the ones with the diagnosis, and we are here to uh, support. So we'll be going back over some of the recap stuff, like um, symptoms and stuff like that. Um, see if anything's changed. It's uh, the symptoms-wise, it's all pretty much the same. But I was talking with somebody earlier today, <clears throat> and I. And I thought to myself, because he was asking about depression, and uh, I was like, you, you feel it. You'll know if you have depression. And as I left that conversation, I got in my car and I, and I left, um, and I was driving down the road, and I thought to myself, damn, well, that's not, that's not good information for him. I, I just... Uh, almost lied to him um, because the fact is I, I didn't feel it. I had, a, I've had a depression diagnosis for since I was like 20. So like 16 mm. years now. Um, but I have, I had, I, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, I haven't felt it. I haven't um, really known what it was until just recently in these past three years. Um, now I can feel it. But when I was just, uh, when I had the diagnosis and I, 
I was walking around like, I don't, I'm not depressed. What the hell is anybody talking about? You know? So, um, let's take a look at some comments as they're streaming on in. I'm just trying um, to find an audio that describes um, depression really well. I'm hoping if I can find it, um, I'll play it. Let me just check and see if it's this one. Yeah, it is. All right. Are you all right if I just play it? It's just with what you said. I thought this would be really good to. Sure. All right. Okay. Wow. Hang on. Stop. Just this is, this is a typical Gemma broadcast. Yeah, tech. Gone through depression would tell you that it's not just something in your mind, but rather it's something you feel in your body. As much as it's in your head, it's also in your stomach. Having anxiety and depression is like being scared and tired at the same time. It's the fear of failure, but no urge to be productive. It's wanting friends, but hate socializing. It's wanting to be alone, but not wanting to be lonely. It's feeling everything at once, then feeling paralyzing numb. This is a picture of what anxiety and depression at times feels like. Anybody who's ever gone through depression would tell you. Yeah. I just thought that that was a thing. It, it's funny um, because now I, I definitely do feel it. Um, and I notice it. <clears throat> well, my wife notices it before I do. She'll notice, um, you know, the lack of uh, interest in uh, doing normal day-to-day -day things uh the i'd rather lay on the couch and just watch tv and shut mm -hmm. in and isolate but i i don't think i'm doing that you know i just think i'm watching tv but she'll say hey we want to go to the grocery store which is something we always do and it's usually a good time you know take the baby out and nah, i don't want to go that's like mm -hmm. uh that's like strike one there and then i start noticing it when things start piling up on my desk here like um, like mail I haven't gone through mail in a while or maybe um, things are a little bit more disorganized um, things like that I start caring less um, they, it used to be it used to be uh, the shower thing was um, you know personal hygiene people with mm -hmm. depression uh Sometimes, I guess not all of them, but some of them uh, don't care even about the personal hygiene. And um, now I'm aware of that as uh, a, a red flag. So even if I'm feeling horrible, I still make myself go shower because I'm not going to give into that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I there's the people that notice it. I mentioned, I asked you a couple of times over the last month, I think that I, just, I didn't feel you felt like the same and I think any big change or upheaval in your life yeah uh, like having a child can bring that on I was terrible after I had Thomas um but it, it can be brought on by other things but certainly the people around you notice I think before yourself absolutely mm. Yeah, my uh, my wife's my first line of defense on it because she's ever vigilant with it. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go look at some comments here as they're coming in. Uh, Eric says, uh, depression treatment, it's more attention of the media and government, more research and resources. Uh, needs more attention, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, they are definitely starting to step up the game, as we've talked about um, previously with mm -hmm. uh, the health insurance game. You're starting to see mental health um, options of coverage and treatment available, which was pretty scarce only five, 10 years ago. Um, so that's, that's real good that it's coming around. Um, Bulldog Mom says drugs are never the answer. It's just causes more issues and addiction. Uh, mm -hmm. Couldn't be more correct and uh, probably something that I should have listened to. Uh, alcohol yeah, think, was my, uh, my medicine. I think as much as like you can use that to give you the high, once you 
come down, the low is even lower. I've done it myself. Um, you do or take something to give you a, a, a lift, a high, but then every time you do that, the lowers keep getting lower and more and more difficult to get out of. And yeah. the longer it goes on, the less time the high is and the longer the lows are. It's So true. the drinking, for me at least, it wasn't um... – I never like viewed it as medicine, but that's what I was doing. Self-medicating. I mean, it's, um, and masking and just trying to put, press everything down and feel good because drinking makes you feel good for a little bit, but then it brings you really down again. It's a mm -hmm. vicious circle as most drugs are. Um, mm -hmm. but yes. Uh, Canine Loving says, I have it amongst other things. Just being honest, that is great. We love honesty here. Um, that's what this show's about, honesty and uh, sharing. Betty says, some of uh, the symptoms aren't typical. So you might think you're just anxious or tired or down. Well, has everybody got my show plans tonight? Because uh, I didn't even tell Gemma about the... Um, video tonight uh being about other people and now betty coming in with something why don't we start with that if you want to pull your slides up there Gemma, we'll yeah. start with exactly that <laughs> craig that craig bloke sorry i'm just catching up with the comments here uh jim thank you for the shamrock 50 very nice um thank you guys for helping support the stream uh, with all the subs and the bits and likes and shares but getting to uh betty's comment here let's take a look at i think it's uh, this one nope it's this one anxiety versus depression what is it what's the difference <laughs> right do you want me to read it yeah go for it yeah cool so anxiety versus depression comparison chart so do the um, do it maybe across? Let me look. Yeah, okay. I'll do it across. So anxiety, depression, anxiety. Right, okay. So you seem to feel relieved by resolving the particular problem, but anxiety comes back. Whereas depression, you stress persistently over themes of worthlessness and inadequacy. Um, attitude stays positive but you would think about resolving the situation permanently and then negative thoughts take over your mind and you get that helpless feeling. Energy may be high or low depending on the type of anxiety and then energy is usually low. Uh, a sense of personal control may be good and you may be unable to exercise the sense of personal control Irritability is not constant and small things can cause behavioral changes. Irritability is persistent and negativity affects how you feel, think and act. So it kind of compares the two. Thank you, Gemma. Uh, so a couple differences, right? I mean, they're not the same thing, obviously, mm -hmm. but they go hand in hand. Usually... If you got one, you got the other. Or one can cause the other. Or the other can cause the one. Etc. Etc. It's true, though. Um, a lot of folks that are diagnosed with depression, no matter the severity, have some sort of anxiety as well that helps spur it on. Um so, like, just the last uh, part there, irritability. Um, I never felt irritable. Well, I don't think I feel irritable. We'll put it that way. Because uh, yeah. people people perceive things differently. Like I said, I didn't even think I had depression. I thought I was coming off great. But uh, you're, I, I never felt or feel irritable when I'm in depression mode. Um, 
but I do mm. kind of get irritable when I'm anxious. Because uh, I don't like the feeling of anxiousness. Nobody does. Everybody has um, felt that not necessarily a full-on panic attack or anything, but uh, mm. everybody worries about something, <clears throat> paying bills, uh, you know, uh, a loved one in the hospital. There's, there's, you don't have to have a lifetime of anxiety or an anxiety diagnosis to feel what anxiety is over the course of just one day. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. But you can see the differences. Energy, obviously, with anxiety is going to be way up here as you're tacking and redlining. And then energy is always, I don't know why it says energy is usually low. It should always be low. Yeah, I was going to say always low. I've never, ever known myself to have any energy with it all. It's, um, like sometimes the willingness to do something is there, but the energy is just like, nope, not today. <laughs> Eric says, I am more anxiety than depression. Um, yeah. And that we know, Eric, because Eric came on and did a whole episode on anxiety with us, shared yeah. his story. So we thank you for that. Betty says, in my experience, depression comes with a crippling lack of control in every aspect of life. So uh, that comes from the, uh, what they call, uh, what the, I forget what they called it, but it, it basically boiled down to risk-taking behaviors. And it's a big red flag for uh, psychiatrists or counselors, doctors of a depression diagnosis is yeah. risk taking. Um, they, they even ask me that uh, all the time. Like, it was just a standard question. Uh, at, do you have, you know, it would be the normal slew of doctoral questions. And then out of nowhere, it's like, hey, you ever feel like jumping out of an airplane for the hell of it? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. People that are depressed tend to take those risks because what the hell, you know? I was the same, like, I I was really, really bad for it. And when I was, I think, when I get to my worst stages, sometimes I'll go out of the house just to get out, put my music in, and I will just walk. And when I say walk, like, I I just go. Roads, don't even look, just straight, like, wherever. Think, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, um, yeah, it's terrible, like, down to medications taking too much not taking them at all like passive death wish kind of thing where you're not actively trying to and, kill yourself you're not going to stop is, that's the buzzword or that's the technical term for it, passive death wish mm-hmm. um, which is what they're looking for I guess when they ask these questions um, oh, yeah. uh, you could look at it either two ways um, uh, some uh, might see it uh, like take jumping out of an airplane like I said mm-hmm. there's two schools of thought that you could there's probably more but I come up with two schools of thought on risk taking and depression you're either if you're going to go jump out of an airplane might, you know, you're either trying to treat your depression like force some excitement into your life make yourself happy do something out of control that might just bring a little bit of joy or you just like, yeah, sure. I'll go jump out of an airplane. What do I care if I die or whatever, you know? Um, so, I mean, that's two ways that I can look at it. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm sure there's more, uh, but you know, uh, the passive death wish thing, I, I definitely, when I learned about that and what it was, now, I'd never heard of it until rehab, and uh, it just like not necessarily a light bulb went off, but like I've never once had suicidal ideation or anything. I'm not a quitter. I don't want to give up, and you know that I don't know if that's uh, fucked up of me to say a quitter. Um, these people, you know, they're. Some folks 
look at suicide as uh, these people were in such great pain. Yeah. They felt like they had no other. Um, I, mean, I, don't, uh, I don't mean any, uh, I don't mean anything derogatory. I just, it's not in my nature. It's not in my being to go down that road. You have to have been there, done that to really truly understand it. Like you, you can empathize with someone and be like, yeah, you know, it must be hard and things, but until you've been there personally, you really will never understand. And I've been there. I found myself sat on the sat on a big bridge over a motorway. I have done many things. And in that time, in that very moment, yeah, I wanted to die. I started self-harming at a very, very young age. And the first time I attempted to take my life, I was eleven. And yeah, for that for that moment that you're in, yeah, I wanted and it, it didn't seem like backing out if anything it's it's not weak really it's to do it and to actually follow through with it there must be so much hurt going on inside that it feels like it's the only way to make it stop and I know when I was going through the worst time it was it literally everything hurt my heart my mind my body there was no way out of it and if I was genuinely wanting to end my life I wouldn't tell anyone and I think that's the difference I mean I might be wrong here but my experience of that is if someone's going to do it they don't usually tell somebody because they don't want to be stopped if they do it's more often than not a cry for help like you've reached rock bottom you've reached breaking point and you have told someone that this is what you're going to do but yeah to act to get that low and hurt inside that much where you feel like the only way out is to take your life yeah that's it, it takes some strength to actually act on it because of the things that you like the things you have to do to actually do that and I know that some of the things I did the main worry with for me was actually not succeeding and worried about <laughs> if say if someone found me and I'd taken a massive overdose that it would damage something in me that meant that I had to live on having done that to myself and caused the damage that I would have to live with as well on top and I don't know if that makes sense but definitely that does. was the biggest worry for me that if I was going to do it that I needed to do it right because I didn't want to end up waking up after having a massive overdose and having some sort of like internal bleed or something in which I would have to live with as a constant reminder that I did it, that I didn't do it right. And now because of that, there's something wrong with me as a result of that. And that is a huge factor that went on in my head when I was doing this. And, um, yeah, it's it it's hard because there's all this stuff that goes through your head, like who's gonna find me if I jump off a bridge and somebody some car hits me, who's driving it? Am I gonna ruin their life? And it's like it's like you've got to the point where you don't wanna or I did, where I didn't want to continue, but I didn't want to inflict my pain and suffering and the cause of my death on somebody else and yeah it, it, it is hard it really is hard and as I say I've been there a few times but um, it also then when you've done it and you've failed it feels like a failure like I have failed I can't even do this right I can't even end my own suffering right 
and then that mounts up on top of everything that you've previously gone through to get to the stage where you want to end your life and then you fail so that can make it even worse 988lifeline.org <clears throat> chat um, I'm not sure Gemma if that's the same over there uh, but that's at least in America the United States of America the 988 on your cell phone will get you in contact with the suicide crisis line. It's one more night. to take that down. Um, thank you, Gemma, for sharing. They're all on the end credits anyway from every country. Yeah, yeah. Ours is one 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 six one two three. Yes. Um. But yeah. Uh. So I've never I've never felt anything similar to that. Like that I can honestly say um but i did very much so understand what passive death wish meant because there was a good chunk of my life there of my 20s where i didn't really give a shit if i did die um you know maybe that risky behavior stuff was coming into effect a little bit maybe it I wouldn't, the way I viewed it is that I wouldn't actively take my life, but if something else were to come along, I don't know if I was going to jump out of the way kind of thing, you know, um, it's a, it's an odd feeling and it's something to, uh, it's not, the odd feeling is when you understand it, like when that light bulb goes off, like, wow, huh. But um, definitely something. Have check forms if you want me to get it and tell you what's on them because I've just had to go through it with Thomas. And we it's might, one of the. If, if there's time towards the end, yeah. Um, I want to start banging some of these slides out. Because um, some of the questions they ask you, it's like until you're asked and it's put into perspective as what it's for, you, you think to yourself, why are they asking me this? Yeah. Um, and we don't actually even have to hit all the slides. I like to put more on than we usually need yeah. because in case we run Absolutely. out. Of Go on, material. I've got them. But that's not the case with this topic. We, like I said, we could talk all day about this. Um, oh yeah. But there was some good stuff. Uh, just real quick, just run through the the general signs and symptoms. We should probably so, recap at the beginning. But... Mm -hmm. Signs and symptoms of depression, persistent feelings of sadness, loss of interest in activities, trouble sleeping or oversleeping, appetite or weight changes, fatigue and decreased energy, difficulty thinking clearly or quickly, irritability, frustration or pessimism, physical aches and pains, and recurrent thoughts of death or suicide. Again, it doesn't have to, not all of them have to apply. Like Tim's just said, he didn't have the suicidal thoughts. Um, right. But it should you, be most of them. And you look at all of them, and they they all seem very familiar for other mm. things as well. Oh. Um, I mean, who doesn't have fatigue? Mm. Uh, De decreased energy towards the end of the day. This is like an all-day thing, though. Um, trouble sleeping, and yet we never want to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. um, or oversleeping, yeah. Um, it's just, uh, just some quick uh, symptoms to kind of go over that. Uh, real quick, let's look at this one. Understanding depression. I thought this was pretty mm -hmm. good. Yeah, so understanding depression, how our body responds. So triggers, situations where there is a loss or a potential loss of something like support, love, and the ability to cope. Core beliefs, I'm no good, I'm a failure, others are better, I, that, others are better than I am, I'm worthless, I can't be helped, 
uh, thoughts like nobody likes me, I've let people down, I failed, I can't change, things won't get any better, there's no point. Brain changes, serotonin levels reduce, thoughts slow down, activity decreases in hippocampus. And I cannot say that one, Tim. You've done it to me again. Um, um, I'm yeah. that <laughs> and prefrontal cortex. You always find a slide. There's a word on that I can't say. The amygdala just in the brain. Fatigue, aches and pains, lower pain threshold, headaches, slow movement, poor concentration, and then behavior, so crying, withdrawal, restlessness, loss of interest, poor sleep, and appetite changes. There we go. Yes. Um, I'm trying to get... She, uh, Penelope has... A risen okay. from the... I'm going to put another slide up that I think will help then, like this one. Well, this goes into a whole different topic. Like, to support it. But we'll get there. Okay. You want me to go on that? Um, I thought you were disappearing on me. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just getting her movie on. Okay. She's a big fan of Tangled. That uh, should uh, keep her quiet for another 15 minutes at least. Okay. Uh, the body reactions um, and behaviors are, are not uh, not necessarily body reactions. The behaviors, and I definitely felt the core beliefs. Um, these uh, cognitive distortions um, or what have you, the, the I'm a failure, um, things are going to always be bad. Mm -hmm. um, if you remember from a while ago, we did an episode on cognitive distortions, and there's different types of them. Um, and it's things like fortune telling, and um, you know, that's one of the big ones that I identified with uh, fortune telling or seeing into the future in a negative way because something happened once, it's definitely going to be bad again. Um, and it's just not always the case. You know, pessimism really, I guess, is the way to to look at it. Um, just because you you live through it once, or or you um, something bad happened to me today, so tomorrow's going to be shit too. You know, it's just the way it is. Um, hello, Annie Walker. Good to see you. Um, I guess I just uh, I always kind of felt that in me as well the, the that feeling of shit's gonna hit the fan at some point today um mm -hmm. why can't anything go right uh do does this really happen to everybody does everybody have this kind of luck you know from day to day because sometimes it really did feel like i was just getting kicked through the mud and then go to sleep, wake up, and uh, get kicked through the mud some more. Um, but it's definitely no way to live healthily, healthfully, health, healthy, healthily. Yeah. Uh, and and <laughs> lastly, that word amygdala. I didn't even see it uh, when I got this slide ready, uh, but I'm glad it was there. That brings joy to me. Mm. Uh, well, the fact I can't say certain words. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, even simple words like garage. Garage, just uh, saying. <laughs> but um, back when we were on uh, the former platform of HAPS, we did, Gem and I did a broadcast uh, called who said it better and it was just me and her at the time but we're trying we're trying to put something together where we we bring that back and do it again with some more words uh we just we had a list of words from doing this show that we um would hear each other say differently and we'd write oh. them down and then we did a whole broadcast on them um aluminium yeah aluminum 
Uh, actually, Mum, I think, set us all straight on that one and said it's aluminium, damn it, because we had that you guys took a letter away. What would, yeah. And did we take one of the eyes away, I guess? Yeah, the, the, the end eye has been depressed. Uh, being depressed, <laughs> no, being removed. I can't speak either. It would appear. Michael Joseph Murray, if I haven't said hello yet, hello. Having depression and being in toxic marriage makes it even worse. Um, oh, and yeah. that uh, is another good segue uh, to get to that slide Gemma pulled up earlier, and we'll talk about that because I want to. I want to kind of start heading that way we've we've done previous episodes on depression we can we can tell stories and talk about it till the sun comes up um but let's look at a different aspect of it uh let's look at your your spouse um what they're dealing with, what my wife must go through uh and how she can understand or, or even be there for me she does and she's good at it Mm. But uh, it's just uh, something something worth taking a look at. So how how do we support someone with depression? Just trigger phrases. Uh, yeah, I'll get that up. Which is there? Okay. So how to support someone with depression? So there's the instead of saying say something like so instead of saying let's not make it, the story let's not make it the story and panic um you could say i am here for you you're not alone and then try to focus on the positive and you could say i'm so sorry for what you're going through uh, i find some of these are like passive like comments and sometimes nearly always not helpful uh, like the one that this this one this this one's uh, one of my family members' favorites. Everyone goes through tough times, um, and instead of that, please tell me what I can do to help. Or you have no reason to be sad or die. I do care about you and want to help. Some people have more on their plates, and how can I best support you right now? Just smile. Like, I swear the number of times people said that to me, I'm like, you're going to get smacked <laughs> in the face. Seriously. Oh, this is all in your head. That's another one. That's a real favorite of um, somebody in my family. What you experience is important. Thanks for sharing this with me. I think the more you use the, the left side ones and dismiss what they're going through, because it is a way of dismissing that the person's feelings, the person, what they're going through, the more you do that, the less likely they are to be able to confide in you and open up in you. If yeah. you just let them know that you're there. I'm not saying that they're going to open up straight away because it's not always easy. So that's the big, that's the big yeah. common denominator here mm -hmm. um, from one side to the other is yeah. dismissive versus, you know, what, not dismissive for yeah, not lack of a better term. You're not necessarily accepting, but in a way you are. You're you're validating. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, validating their feeling. Versus validation. Yeah. Um that's the big word. Uh oh, nobody, yeah, yeah. and and not just uh yeah, you're over analyzing it. Exactly. Yeah. Or don't well, overthink it, you know. That's just dismissive. Um, and that's a lot of times, not just the, with depression, you can apply this to um, just an argument with uh, your spouse. Um, you got to listen. You got to support. Um, listen, learn, and support. Yeah. Um, you don't... you. Uh, you think you're saying the right thing. It's not getting on anybody here, but you think you're actually doing some good. You think you're saying the right thing when you say, uh, let's try not to panic or, um, you know, uh, or some people have more on their plates. You know, you try and put it into perspective for them. You're just trying to help. But really, it's dismissing their feelings. It's not validating them, which is what they're, I guess, 
in need of at the time. Um, somebody that knows that they're feeling shitty and we're going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, moving along, we'll go to loving someone with depression. Yeah. Okay, so seven tips for loving someone with depression. So number one, learn all you can. Understand that depression is a real and serious condition. Number two, encourage treatment. So get help early. You can find it in Psychology Today therapy directory. So I'm assuming that's a specific like website or something. But you can look up. There's plenty of um, re- reputable websites like Mind in the UK, uh, Samaritans, things like that. Um, stay on the same team. So don't cast blame. Don't be pointing the finger and things like that. That's just counterproductive. Steer clear of fix-it mode. Instead, listen and be accepting of other people's feelings. Focus on accomplishments. So no matter how small they may seem, recognize your own needs and practice self-care. There's no point trying to help someone if you're burning yourself out completely because then you can't be at your best and give your best. Um. And then have compassion for them and for yourself. Yeah. So a lot of um, seemingly obvious things. Um, Mm -hmm. Have compassion. Uh, If it were so obvious, we probably wouldn't have to write it down, though. Yeah. Um, You guys are, you know, you are on the same team. Never Mm -hmm. once do I feel like my wife feels superior to me because she's not in the place of a depression diagnosis. Like, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're on the same level and, uh, she knows when I'm getting down and she knows how to kind of turn that around. Um, what I like, what I find dismissive, um, isn't necessarily what was back on this last slide. Um, I find other things to be dismissive, just the same. Mm -hmm. I can't, of course, think of an example right now, but as soon as we hit the credits and end the show, I'll have five for you. Um, But it's not that bad, or you'll get over it, or just yeah. Those are the ones that are like on. Yeah, those are the ones that are on that slide. There's other. There's like actions and stuff that rub me the wrong way, Um, Mm. and then I find. Ultimately, at the end of it, I, I just find it to be dismissive. Oh, um, yeah. Um, yeah, there's so many. Really. Drive safely, Jim. Uh, we'll be joining Jim later tonight for some Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, recognize your own needs and practice the self-care. That's obviously huge in most everything we talk about. Self-care above all. Because... You can't take care of anybody else if you can't take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play this video real quick. It's only five minutes. Uh, we'll come back and uh, chat a little bit and do some community calendar before we get out of here for the night. Um, but I wanted to play this because it goes along with that last slide we did. And I thought it was pretty good. Um, something a little different. Not necessarily all about um self this time this is looking at uh loving someone with said mental health disorder or struggle we hope you know that we're here for you during these crazy times of COVID 19. we want you to stay safe and healthy and we'll fight this together is there anyone in your life who you think may be struggling with depression or perhaps that person is you. If so, you've likely seen how it complicates daily life and how it not only affects the depressed, but also everyone around them. It's emotionally painful to see someone you love in so much pain, but you're not sure how to help them. Relationships aren't easy, so loving someone with a mental health diagnosis can be even more of a challenge. They tend to talk themselves down and wallow in their feelings of self-hatred and hopelessness convinced that they're undeserving of love. Depression builds walls around people, 
putting a lot of emotional distance between you and your loved one. Yet, you continue to reach out and support them. You do it because you're connected to them and you love them. After all, one of the most beautiful and powerful things in life is true human connection. Nurturing it can help you find happiness even in the darkest of times, and it will help you restore what depression has taken away. So, let's go through seven reasons to love someone with depression. One, they're stronger than most. When was the last time you were in any sort of heated conflict, physical or verbal? Now imagine that energy expenditure, but inside your head, and it never ends. Fighting depression is a constant battle with your own mind, with the weapons of loneliness, emptiness, and hopelessness being used against the sufferer. You can imagine that whoever has fought against depression is likely one of the strongest, most resilient individuals you know. Sometimes they don't win, and the amount of courage and determination required to get back up is tremendous. Two, their depression does not define them. Of utmost importance, you are loving a person, not a diagnosis. Although this person has a mental illness, this does not define who they are and does not indicate a foregone conclusion. Some of the greatest individuals in history, such as Abraham Lincoln, Winston Churchill, and Georgia O'Keeffe struggled with depression for much of their lives. Despite this, they rose above it all and made their lives mean something more. Three, they're more understanding. People who have depression become more understanding and empathetic to the suffering of others. They know how it feels like to be shunned and ignored by others due to the stigma behind mental illness. Because of this, they tend to be more open-minded and non-judgmental. It's easy to let yourself be emotionally vulnerable with them because they can easily empathize with whatever it is you may be feeling, and they'll likely understand your point of view better than others. Or, they're more honest. Depression has the tendency to make those who suffer from it more brutally honest. Just as they understand what it's like to be shunned, they also understand what it's like to have their time wasted and feelings hurt by fake niceties and false promises. You can always trust them to tell you the truth, no matter how ugly or painful it may be. They don't usually have any ulterior motives behind their words or their actions because they put a lot of value in a person's sincerity and straightforwardness. Five, they're quite appreciative. We know, you might think, that wall doesn't seem like they care about anything I do for them. Yeah, there is a wall. However, those with depression don't really want to be left all alone. They value and are grateful for those who stay by their side, making that effort to connect and reach out. But they don't want to burden you by seeming like they needed too much. They're very appreciative. They're just trying not to be creepy about it. Six, they're good listeners. Someone who's depressed tends to feel lonely and misunderstood. So they go out of their way to ensure that their loved ones don't feel that way. They want you to know that you are heard and accepted. They know how amazing it can feel to have someone get you. So they're eager to return any empathy and support others have shown them in any way they can, usually by listening. And seven, they're deep thinkers. Many recent studies have observed a link between overthinking and depression. There are quite a few upsides to being a deep thinker, such as being perceptive, intuitive, and insightful about life. I'm sure you've heard the contemplation, what is the meaning of life? That mindset is very much what the depressed person contemplates, as finding meaning gives them hope and purpose. To give a simple analogy, a flower blooms the most beautiful and vibrant when given proper support and care. People are the same way. Those with mental illnesses are still people, Although it can feel like an uphill battle much of the time, encouragement, understanding, and simply being there to help them through the suffering goes a long way to helping that flower bloom. Did any of these points speak to you? How are you thinking you might change your approach to others or yourself? If you're suffering from depression, did you find these points accurate? Please comment, like, and share this video with someone who would benefit from it. We'll see you in the next video. Can't help it. Um, yeah, that was a good video. Um, just something a little different to uh, look at. Look at it from somebody else's eyes. Mm -hmm. Or um, I know we, 
not just Hattie um, has spoken in chat before, but others as well have talked about their significant others and struggles that they have um, or maybe strains on their relationship due to uh, some sort of mental health um, turmoil or struggle. Or, um, so it, there is um, some excellent resources out there for you as well. Uh, as the uh, as as the person that sometimes is what they call on the outside looking in, um, but just as important as well. Like it's not like a spotlight is just put on the person with say depression. Um, there, it goes back to that we're a, we're a team thing. Um, we're on the same team. So if I get a little spotlight on me for having depression, then my wife gets a lot of spotlight on her as well for dealing with my ass, you know, and knowing how to and caring enough to and not just saying the hell with this. I'm out of here. Um, so there, there's that. The caring enough to do it and things because, yeah, nobody has to put that on, but. If they care enough to do so, then you know. Yeah. So keep your uh, eyes peeled on the Discord. If you're not already in the Discord, exclamation point Discord, um, please click the link and join. Um, and if you're listening on the replay over on Spotify or any of the other major podcasting networks, we're on all of them all the replays, all the audio. Mm -hmm. And you can't see, obviously you can't see live comments or you're watching on YouTube. They don't have the live comments from the show. Um, All, all of it is in the bio link. um, That is literally almost at the top. The, the bio, our bio link website link is at the top of every social slash, um, broadcasting point um Mm -hmm. well it's at the top right next to our name basically and it'll take you to wherever you need to go to find us um as hattie drops it in the chat for us there too Uh, i put the bio link and um to the website yeah i did the website the bio link and the and the actual website tmhhonline.com um I put those in the episode descriptions of each YouTube video and every podcast replay. So it's just a part, it's a part of the description. So I know it's on every episode. You can't miss it. Um, You can join the discord. It will be, we'll be in there waiting for you. It's a great uh, community and we're going to post all these, um, slides that we went over tonight and we're going to post some psych to go stuff as well um and it seeing how much you guys like the psych to go they are a great resource i also very much enjoy uh verywellmind.com uh they're they're just as good in my opinion um but Mm. now that i know that you guys like that psych to go content we can uh use some more of it um off stream just in the yeah. Discord community. <laughs> Nail driver, what is good? <laughs> We're getting ready to wrap it up. Um, but in closing, I'll, I'll say uh, depression is a very real thing uh, that a lot of folks across the globe struggle with. Uh, mm. There is help out there, whether it be medicine, whether it be psychiatry or counseling, psychology, um, or just self-care. Some people have it in them to rise from the depths on their own. Um, Taking a walk, uh, doing some exercise like we love. Uh, Self care. Mm -hmm. So as always, if you or someone you know is 
experiencing any of those <clears throat> symptoms or struggles, uh, the helplines are available as always. Um, Patty's posted them in the uh, chat. They are also a part of our bio link and website. Um, and they're in the Discord as well. So come join. Uh, and I'll leave it with that. Uh, Gemma, did you have anything in closing? Um, not really. There is um, some of the new numbers I've added on the outro video now um, that I've just made. So it'll be a new outro video. And I've checked the phone numbers are current and correct. So they are on the end of this broadcast if you're watching it in video form. Um, I will put put them on the website as well. Um, and I've got to do a little bit of updating on there. So um, check yep. it out anyway. Yeah, check the website out. It'll be getting updated <clears throat> in the next few weeks. I've got some, right. quite a bit of content on there. So, yeah. Well, that's living with depression number three. Uh, mm -hmm. Plenty more depression episodes to come. It's a giant topic. There's no way we can cover it all in an hour. And we haven't even covered it all in three hours. <coughs> uh, as this is our third one of it. But it's a, it's a nice topic to go over and, and look at because it's something that we can all kind of it's relatable. Yeah, it's relatable. Yeah. All right, guys, let's do some a community calendar for this evening. You know, you have uh, Catalyst, our uh, our longtime friend and subscriber, Jim in Chicagoland, will be hosting his popular Wednesday night attraction, 10 p.m. Eastern. I got to update uh, that command because I think it's 10 p.m. now. Um, yeah. 10 p.m. Eastern on Twitch at Jim in Chicagoland for Catalyst tonight. Come join the good times. Um, and don't forget to give Gemma a follow as well. She has her own Twitch handle uh, and broadcasts some great uh, cooking, um, baking, crafts, arts, um, mm -hmm. and like... Um, we also want to give shout outs to Ray of Sunshine and Eric J Gaming, both of them in the chat tonight. Um, Ray actually just came off stream and raided us uh, from his Ray of Sunshine. I popped in um, before or while I was setting this up. Um, great broadcast, um, good times, good vibes. And then for all things Bunny, check out our friend Ella. The Bonnie Mom. She's here on Twitch at Ella the Bonnie Mom. She streams late night ukulele, guitar, piano, songs uh, for the Insomniacs. And she owns her shop, mybunnyvalentine.com. You can get some great merchandise for um, all of the proceeds go to help rescue bunnies everywhere. Um, and then we'll be back again next week. I forgot to prepare and look and see what the hell the next topic is. Um, but we'll be back nonetheless. And if you want to know what it is, I'm sure Gemma's going to tell you, but you can join the Discord uh, and uh, see it in there. I don't know if we've posted that out on the other socials so yet or not. It is self-worth <coughs> next week. What is it? Self-worth next week. Self-worth? And on the depression self-worth? Yeah, then on the 15th, suicidal ideation, 22nd, co-occurring disorders. On the 29th is women's stigmas and mental health, and it is women's history um, mental health, I think it was, for this that month as well. Women's mental health month or something. So oh, that'll finish the month nicely. And the other thing is we got, uh, we got another live Q&A on the books, so we got to start promoting that and start getting some questions in. Yeah, that's always, the of April. That's always a fan favorite. What we do is we have you guys submit an anonymous form through Google, Google Docs. Um, there's no way for us to know who sent it in. It's just completely anonymous. Um, and if you don't believe us, you're, you're going to have to take our word for it because I don't know how to prove that. But 
I've done, we've done, or we've done five of those shows now, or no, mm-hmm. this will be, we've done four of them. And yeah, I don't know who sent anything unless they send a like pin number at the end of their description or their or, question that we yeah. can say, okay. But I'd never read it out though. I wouldn't say yeah. who it was. There's some, uh, there's some rules to the game. Obviously you gotta keep it mental health related. Um, we don't. Uh, we won't be answering any questions about who we think is going to win the Super Bowl next year or um, anything like that. And then you know, keep it respectful. Uh, keep people's names out of it, and um, you know, don't use any derogatory language. Or we're going to have to can those. We have had to turn some down, um, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. that is all. For tonight, we'll see everybody back here next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Gemma time. We're going to get out of here. See you guys on the next one.